0: What is a heart that is fully devoted? That's the topic today on Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job. When God finds a heart
1: that is fully devoted to Him, it makes Him stop. You know what that tells me? That hearts that are fully devoted to God are rare.
0: Have you ever considered what it means to be all-in spiritually? Well, that's the topic today on the new Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job. Mark is the senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago, and he's also the president of Moody Bible Institute. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Well, this weekend, we're beginning part one of a three-part message on what it means to be fully devoted to God. And We're going to be taking a look at the life of King Asa of Judah. And Mark, no matter where we are in life, it's never too early to start thinking about how we can live more fully devoted lives. Wayne, you
1: know, this passage speaks to my heart because when Asa was young, he depended on God and relied on God. The more seasoned and experience he got, the more he depended on his experience, his network. And I've often prayed, Lord, as a leader... Um, I want to keep that simplicity of a child. Don't ever let me get to the point that I think I can, my network, my relationships, Mm. my experience Mm -hmm. can sabotage that genuine, simple dependence on God. We
0: cannot coast, can we?
1: No, we can't. And so this is a powerful message.
0: Thanks, Mark. The title of the message is When God Stops. Now, if you've missed any part of today's broadcast or want to listen again, all of Mark's teaching is available online at boldstepsweekend.org. Now, from our series, Fully Devoted, here's Mark Job's message today, based in 2 Chronicles chapter 16.
1: I was at my son's high school graduation, Grant, and I believe it was on a Sunday, and so we got there a little bit late, entered into the auditorium, it was packed out. We managed to get a seat, two seats together, my wife and I barely squeezed in, and then the first thing that my wife said is, where's Grant?" So I looked over the sea of heads and they had all their graduation caps on so they all looked the same and they had their graduation gowns on so they all looked the same and so I was scanning Row by row, let me see. No, no, does that look like him? I can't really tell. I thought I found him. I looked a little bit closer. No, it wasn't him. I was going row by row, trying to find where is Grant, like where's Waldo. Row by row, trying to find where is Grant. And then finally I saw, I, I think I found him. And, and I looked over, at, sure, it's him. I pointed my wife, it's him. Do you see him? Look right over there, Second, third row over, do you see him? And she said, aha, uh-huh, I see him. Now don't lose him because we finally found them. There's a passage in scripture that said God does that. In fact, it says that the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout all the earth. He scans cities, neighborhoods, communities. His eyes go back and forth, it says in the Hebrew. Literally, it says the eyes of the Lord go back and forth, scanning, looking. Can I find one? Can I find one? Lands on Chicago. Seventy-seven neighborhoods. Can I find one? Goes up on the north side. Rogers Park, Evanston. Can I find one? Goes down to the Loop. Can I find one? Goes to the southwest side of Chicago. Neighborhood by neighborhood. Garfield Road. Can I find one? Goes home by home. Home by home. Can I find one? Can I find one? Address by address. Can I see one? Where is it? What is God looking for that's so unique, that's so rare, that's so hard to find? And finally, when he sees one, his eyes stop and he says, aha, I got one. You say, what is so rare that God is searching for? What is so unique that even God has to search for them? This verse of scripture tells us that what God is searching for that makes God stop at your address is one thing. When God finds, hear me, hear me now. When God finds a heart that is fully devoted to him, it makes him stop you know what that tells me that hearts that are fully devoted to god are rare second chronicles chapter 16 verse 9 says for the eyes of the lord range throughout all the earth another translation says for the eyes of the lord move to and fro throughout all the earth that he may strongly support those whose hearts are completely his, or those whose hearts are fully committed to him. What this passage tells me is that if you position yourself with a heart that's fully devoted to God, that God will strengthen you, pour out his power upon you, God will stop and say, I found one, and if I found one, I'm going to pour power upon this heart, strengthen this heart, because I found a heart that's fully devoted to me. So I wonder today if God were to scan these rows back and forth from front to back, uh, from end to end, whether he would stop in your chair, Whether the heart of God would stop and say, yeah, I found one that's fully devoted, not halfway devoted, not partially devoted, not somewhat interested, not semi-lightly committed, but if you would find a heart that says, aha, I found a heart that's fully devoted. Second Chronicles is really about a man by the name of Asa, King Asa. And I want to tell you a little bit of his story because this passage is in the context of King Asa's story. And I'm going to begin reading in verse 2. It says, Then Asa brought out the silver and gold from the treasuries of the house of the Lord and the king's house and sent them to the king of Aaron, who lived in Damascus, saying, Let there be a treaty between you and me and between my father and your father. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Fully devoted hearts refuse to give what belongs to God to others. Let me give you the story of King Asa a little bit and give you the context. King Asa was a king that started when he was young. And when he started being king of Judah, of the Israelites, he was devoted. He was zealous. He started out wanting to follow God with all of his heart. He was a righteous king. In Israel, sometimes you had a good king, a bad king, a good king, a bad king. No, Asa was one of the good kings. He had a zeal for God. He wanted to follow God. He wanted to turn the nation back to God. He prayed. He called unto God. He had this fire and zeal about him that was compelling. People saw it and knew it. He was a man that was trying to seek after God. But as he grew, as he changed, as he went forward, something in his heart started to shift. Something in his heart started to change. Oh, he still believed in God, he still followed God, but something, the zeal, the fire, the drive, the passion, seemed to grow less and less the older he got. In the beginning, he was naively zealous about God. In fact, an entire army came against him and was about to threaten and wipe them out. They could have wiped them out. And instead of organizing his armies and instead of going to battle, what he did is he prayed. He got on his knee before God. He called a fast. He prayed before God. He called up unto God, God, spare us, deliver us, help us, because I can't do this on my own. And God miraculously turned the whole situation around, and King Asa came out winning simply because he called upon the name of the Lord. You know, there's something about young faith that's endearing. How about it? Something about first believing. You just start believing in God, and you're young, and your faith is zealous, and you're new to it, and Suddenly, you've been awakened from your spiritual deadness and you're excited about God. And you do crazy things. Your car stops and can't get it started, so you lay your hands on the hood and you say, In the name of Jesus, I pray, Father, start this up. And you go in and try it again. And if it doesn't work, you go out again. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray, come power the Holy Spirit, revive this car. And you see your car start. You, you see things crazy things that people are saying, you're nuts, why are you doing that? Why? Because God has awakened you. You're excited about God. You pray like a little kid would pray. You pray with faith, with zeal, with excitement. You can't wait to get to the house of God and worship God. I've had some of you tell me that when you first came to God and God started working in your life, you couldn't come to worship service without crying. You'd come and as soon as the song would start playing, you didn't know why you felt awkward. Some of you have told me you had to leave the auditorium because you just start weeping and crying. Why? Because the presence of God was so sweet and powerful. You just felt moved in your heart by the presence of God. You find yourself reading the Bible, getting up and saying, God spoke to me, being excited, calling up a friend and saying, hey, I may sound crazy to you, but guess what? I read my Bible. I feel like God spoke to me. You see signs, and there's zeal in your heart, and you want to talk to people. You come early to worship. You raise, your hands, and something inside is moving you. Why? It's young faith, zealous faith, faith that simply says, I trust God. But with time, something happens sometimes if we're not careful with time. With time, we become more seasoned, with time, we become more what well, we know it, we become more self reliant we become more educated about religious things. We become more knowledgeable. And sometimes as our knowledge grows, our fire goes down. And sometimes as our familiarity with God grows, our passion goes down. And sometimes what we find ourselves with greater knowledge but with less passion. We exchange one for the other. You know the Bible says, That in order to enter the kingdom of God, you must be like a child? And you wonder why like a child? I think it's not about not knowing. It's not about naivety. It's about the simplicity of faith that a child has when the father walks in and they say, Daddy! When a little kid walks in, when my my kids were small, I'd come to the door, and when they were old enough, they were three or four, they would run to the door. They wanted me to hold, Daddy, Daddy, and I'd pick them up and throw them, Daddy, Daddy, and I'd try to hold them all at the same time. Why? Just the simplicity of a little kid excited that their dad is home. And if you hear them talk to their friends, my daddy's stronger than your daddy. I mean, they believe that their daddy could lift up cars and, and uh, their daddy could almost do anything. This is my daddy can do it. Wait till I call. My daddy, my daddy is here. The simplicity of, yeah, I know my daddy. If he's here, everything's okay. The simplicity of a child. And Jesus said, if you want to enter into the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God belongs to those whose faith is like that of a child. Asa started that way. But something changed inside of his heart. In fact, now, it tells us in 2 Chronicles that early on in his career, he trusted God and prayed and God answered. But this time around, the same thing happened. The armies came against him. And this time around, he was less passionate about his faith. He was less naive, less sincere, less zealous. This time he decided to make a treaty. And so he actually went into the house of God, into the temple, and he took all the gold and silver appliances and cups out of the house of God, and he took them all, and he got some from his own house, and he went and he brought the treasure before the king of Aram and said, hey, I'll give you this treasure, and let's make a treaty. This time, instead of going to God, he took that which belonged to God, and gave it to someone else.
0: You're listening to the Bible teaching of Mark Job, and this is Bold Steps Weekend. Mark will be back to share what we can do to keep our hearts fully devoted in just a moment, so please keep listening. Did you know that you can hear this program every weekend right here on your local radio station and online 24 hours a day? You can even listen to Mark's daily messages through your smart speakers at the office or as you go about your work week. To learn more about all the ways you can listen, just go to boldstepsweekend.org. And now back to the story of King Asa of Judah. We're in the book of Second Chronicles, and again, here's Mark Job.
1: I was thinking about that. The natural tendency for us as we grow older to become more self-reliant. The natural tendency to become more self-dependent instead of God-dependent. The natural tendency to lose our zeal. To become a little bit more cynical. To become a little bit less passionate. I'm not impressed by a new believer that's zealous about God. I'm impressed by someone that's walking a long time and is zealous about God you know I'm not really impressed by a young dating couple that's only started to date three months and they're all over each other and just looking at each other's eyes can't sit in church without rubbing each other's hair get as close as they can like are you one or two there can't tell Because, yeah, they've only been dating a short amount of time. What I'm impressed with is someone that's been married for 20 years and they still have a zeal and desire for one another. What I'm impressed is long-term zeal. What I'm impressed is a zeal and a fervor that goes beyond the infatuation stage, but that goes for a long time. Let me tell you, what I'm impressed with is not a new believer that's zealous about God. What I'm impressed with is someone that's walked with God for 25 years and has a passion and zeal for the things of God. That's what impresses me. Something about Asa had changed. Instead of the simple sincere faith of going to God. Now he's making deals. Now he's actually taking things from God and buying off his enemy. Now I want to tell you that it worked, but how many, how many of you know just because it works temporarily doesn't mean that it's good in the long run? You may do something right now that fixes something temporarily, but that long term has a devastating effect upon your life. King Asa went into the temple, gathered the stuff, and gave it away. I thought to myself, how do we do that today? Oh, we don't go into the temple, get things, and and sell it. But we do it with our life. When we came to Christ, when we came to God, I was 15 when I gave my life to Christ, knelt in the basement of my grandmother's apartment, and I said, Lord, I know I could go in a lot of different directions. I was a sophomore in high school. My friends were partying. Everybody's going in their direction. I was being pulled one way or the other. I kneeled beside my bed and I said, I know that I know about faith, and I know about God because I was raised in it, but I have to, I have to choose, will that be my God? Will that be my faith? Will that be my journey, or is that the faith of my parents? at 15 years old, I knelt beside and I said, Lord, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to give my life to you. You will be my Lord, whatever the cost. And when I got up, I felt it, like I have just given my life to Jesus. When you come to Christ, you say, you're Lord of all. My heart belongs to you, God. But you know, it's interesting that we can take well, our time that really belongs to God, and you look over your week and you say, really, how much of your time have you actually given to God? I mean, really, if your life belongs to God, how much of your time have you actually spent on the things that belong to God? You say, hey, Lord, my energy belongs to you. How much of your energy has actually gone into something that is God-centered? Your praise Oh, you give credit to people, you thank people at your job, you thank family members, you thank other people, but really, how much of the credit have you given to God? And are, we, are we taking it from the house of God, from the things of God, and giving it away, and have very little that we can offer to God? How much of your talents? Some of you here are extremely gifted, extremely talented. God has enabled you. To do things. Some of you are mechanical. Some of you are artistic. Some of you are creative. Some of you have verbal skills, relational skills. You, have, you are uniquely qualified and uniquely empowered by God for certain things, but you're taking really all of it that God has given you and using it on things that have almost nothing to do with anything remotely related to God. Maybe good things, maybe nice things, but really how much of it? Really belongs to God. Asa, as he grew, compromised in his life. Asa, as he grew, his priorities, his resources, instead of going to God, he started taking what God had given him, what belonged to God, and started giving it away in his own compromise. I'm talking about hearts that are fully devoted. Number two. Not only does a heart fully devoted refuse to give what belongs to God to others, but also, secondly, a heart that is fully devoted puts their reliance on God above all else. Notice what it says in verse seven. At that time, Hanani... The seer, or the prophet, came to Asa, the king of Judah, and said to him, Because you have relied on the king of Aaron and have not relied on the Lord your God, because you've relied on others and haven't relied on the Lord your God, you will not have a full victory. You see, what had happened is that Asa had stopped trusting God, and he started trusting himself. He, he stopped believing that, yeah, God could do it all. That simple childlike faith, trust is the ability to believe that ultimately God is in control of all things. How about it? And, and it's interesting to note later on in the chapter, I want you to see this, later on in the chapter, it tells us that... Um, in his verse 12 it says in his 39th year of his reign asa ended very asa ended poorly it said in his 39th year of his reign after being king for 39 years asa became diseased in his feet we don't know exactly what kind of disease it was a lot more than athlete's feet believe me he became diseased in his feet his disease was severe listen But yet, even in his disease, he did not seek the Lord, but only the doctors. Can I tell you there's a shift in mindset going on there? There's nothing wrong with going to doctors. If you're sick, you should go to a doctor. He said, Pastor, I'm just going to trust the Lord. Well, you know, why don't you trust the Lord and go to a doctor too? It's not a lack of faith to go to a doctor. How about it? The problem was that he only went to doctors when he was sick, and he didn't go to God.
0: Real change and devotion is rooted in the heart, and that's where real change begins. A bold reminder from Pastor Mark Job here on the new Bold Steps Weekend. Mark, being fully devoted sometimes means that we have to dig in a little more and go deeper in our studies, and that's why you're recommending the Quick Start Guide to the Whole Bible as this month's Bold Action Gift. Reading the Bible
1: can be intimidating. It's full of history, poetry, prophecy, and lots of instruction. And sometimes trying to get to the heart of what each book is telling us and why it matters in these modern times, well, can feel like a lot of work. So whether you've been studying the Bible for years or you're opening up a Bible for the first time, there's a resource I want to recommend called A Quick Start Guide to the Whole Bible. It's subtitled Understanding the Big Picture Book by Book, and it's a handy guide written by two well-respected professors, Dr. William Marty and Dr. Boyd Seavers. In this resource, the explanations are simple and the writing style is conversational, but this book will take your Bible study to a whole new level. Request your copy today and discover the true significance of all 66 books with clarity and certainty. We'll send it to you with a gift of any amount to support the ministry of Bold Steps.
0: All right. Thank you, Mark. And you can reach us by phone when you call 866-535-5580. That's 866-535-5580. Or give a gift of any amount in the mail when you write to us at Bold Steps Weekend. 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. We're truly grateful for those of you who have made the decision to give a financial gift. And so when you give today, don't forget to ask for your copy of Drs. William Marty and Boyd Seaver's book, The Quick Start Guide to the Whole Bible. And then if you're looking for a way to experience the Bible in real life, be sure to join Mark and Dr. Michael Ridonick for a unique 10-day messianic tour of the Holy Land. Walk through Herod's luxurious port of Caesarea. Splash through the streams of Tel Dan and hike around Jeroboam's altar in the land of the Northern Kingdom. It will be a trip like no other and you can register right now when you visit boldstepsweekend.org. And while you're on our website, don't forget to sign up for the Bold Stepper Weekly. It's Mark's free weekly devotional that's delivered automatically to your inbox each Monday morning. Once again, you'll find the link to sign up at boldstepsweekend.org. Well, I'm Wayne Shepherd inviting you to join us again next weekend when Mark continues with part two of this message. It's a lesson on learning how to be fully devoted and you won't want to miss it. So be listening next time for more Bold Steps Weekend. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.